The Chris and Joe Show. Brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. A-plus rating with a better business bureau. I'm Chris Merrill. He is Joe Huizenga. Joe, the story that we had last week was talking about Gen Z. I I don't remember if we were doing that in our volley or not, which is less than half an hour away. Uh, But uh, we talked about Gen Z's worries being a little bit different. And Joe, you even uh, did a little survey around the the station. Of course, we have a a number of 20-somethings who are willing to work dirt cheap now uh, because we've convinced them that you have to work for nothing in order to someday make a lot of money in radio. Or maybe they're pulling in... Yeah. Tons more loot than you and I, and we just don't know it. Ed is in for Pablo today, and look at how much money he's rolling in. Look at that. Pablo's back there. Pablo's making the big bucks. He's he's in in the sidecar chair. Yeah, look at those guys. Scrooge McDuck back there sitting on their gold coins is what they're doing. All right, so uh, that said, here's what one of our uh, uh, our Gen Zers said about the American dream. It was soul-crushing, was what I took away from it. They essentially said... You know what the American dream is to me today? They said, you know, Joe, it's I just want to not have crippling depression. I want to uh, sur- survive school. I don't want to die in a school shooting. Mm-hmm. And the third prong of it, I, I'm blanking right crushing now. Debt. Yeah, I, I crushing debt. Yeah, I want to be able to graduate from college and not have six-figure debt. Yeah. So money, depression, and Death. So that was interesting because then over the weekend, I happened to see an article that Axios wrote, and it had to do with what Gen Z's mental state is. And it actually reflected very closely what uh, one of the Gen Zers in the building said that, that uh, they're that, very that concerned. Quote that they gave me. Yeah, they were concerned about crushing debt, crippling depression, and uh, active shooter drills. And as we dove into this, like what matters to a Gen Zer, uh, they are most united by deep anxieties about the world around them. A Gen Z people, roughly between the ages of 12 and 27, report the poorest mental health of any generation. Um, let me see. I got, uh, oh, would you like to subscribe to our virtual events? No, I would not. Yes. Okay. Y- yes. Always uh, click yes. This is why This is why Joe kills all the trees, but he doesn't have any pop-ups while we're doing the show. Sure and then I, I want to save a tree, but I get pop-ups asking me to, to, to sign up for things. And then it goes on to talk about uh, some of the other issues that they have, including... Uh, a look at the world around them and feeling like the world is a more dangerous place than previous generations have felt. And a lot of that, I think, is reinforced by school shooter drills yeah, there, there's, that they do at school. There's two right? good things. I mean, they're dealing with lower teen pregnancy rates. That's good. Lower rates of alcohol use. But then the three bad ones, and I feel like one kind of begets the next mm-hmm. here, yeah. loneliness. And put your put your Yoda voice on here. Ready? Oh, ready over there, Yoda? Lonely are you? Oh, Which no. leads to depression. Mm. Depression from loneliness are you? And then suicidal thoughts. I sound more like Grover than You're I do You're doing Yoda. great. Yeah. Su- suicidal yeah. thoughts, Yoda. Mm. Loneliness, depression makes suicidal thoughts, do you? Mm. That's what this article ar- argues, that one leads to the other, or all three of them go it's hand in hand. Grover now it just sounds like Cookie Monster at some point, doesn't hey, it? Hey, Yoda, focus oh, over yes. here. Mm, cookies. Loneliness, depression, and suicidal thoughts is what our Gen Zs are dealing with. Yeah. Is there a chance that maybe being lonely is not necessarily bad, though? As I was reading the study that they were discussing here, they I think they're generalizing. They generalized, and I don't like that. Well, isn't that what we do for the most part? We can't sit there and specialize every story to every individual. Except that when we start talking about Gen Z and then we start generalizing, we end up sounding like our parents when they say, the kids these days. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah. But not all the kids these days. You're arguing there's exceptions to the rules. Of course there are exceptions to the rules. Of course. I'll give you an example. But it doesn't mean the rule's not true. Let me give you an example that is an exception to your overgeneralization. I would like your example. Doctor, my mother is Doctor, your mom? My, no, you're the doctor. Doctor, mom? Doctor, I object. Yes. Your honor. Yes. My mother, Mm -hmm. Boomer, through and through, (laughs) super, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, super introvert. Okay. The idea of spending time in public mm-hmm. creates stress. Okay. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to say it's crippling stress, but she definitely needs a, a day or two to recover from going out and spending time with people. Okay. But that- so when we have a scientist that says that uh, people who spend time alone are getting depressed and that depression is making them more suicidal, mm-hmm. I would argue that there are most certainly a group of people. You can't say that the entire cohort of Gen Z feels this way when I'm telling you that there's a cohort of people that are more stressed spending time with others than they are not spending time with others. In other words, it is more stressful and more depressing to go out with friends than it is to not go out with friends. Well, Bonnie Nagel. Oh, love Bonnie. Couldn't. No, you don't. I don't like Bonnie. You couldn't disagree with her more because she says that spending time with people releases these chemicals in your brain. And unlike what you said about your mom, Bonnie argues that they boost our mood. So you need to spend time with others. She says those things don't happen in the same way when you're texting. Uh, She, she of course, was a behavioral neuroscientist. Uh And she says those types of hormones are really important for well-being, Chris. For some people, I would argue. Well, and I think Bonnie is arguing for most people. We're talking, you know. Bonnie don't know me. Bonnie don't know nothing about me. No, Bonnie went to Oregon Health and Science University. That's not a real school. Apparently it is. Oregon Health and Science. That's where they toke down all day. You know what they're doing? They're just toking. And all she says is, if you want to feel good, spend time with friends. And then she tokes. Here's the difference, too. Bonnie is talking about Gen Z. You're talking about your mom, who is Gen Z. I'm talking about everybody. No, Bonnie says COVID isolation hit Gen Z especially hard. It was a complete lack of social connectedness during such a formative time. I don't disagree with that. That's a formative time for Gen Z. Isn't this the simple way of saying, hey, if you're a kid, stop sitting in front of that screen and get outside and play with your friends. Go outside and play. Yes. Yes, of course. Isn't that what Bonnie's saying here? It's the same argument that we had 40 years ago, though. When mom used to say, you don't need to be watching cartoons all day. Why don't you go outside and climb a tree? I tried to climb as a kid. And look what happened to you. I made it about three feet and I tapped out because I thought I was going to fall and break something. I feel like this is a study that has set out to prove a hypothesis that there's something wrong with the kids these days. I don't know that there's something wrong, Joe. I just feel like things are changing. Mm, wait, changes- could you say they're evolving? Yeah, sure. Oh, isn't that what I kind of said last week and you snapped me off and said, no, wrong. you said that the American dream is evolving because we just need to lower the bar. I said, that's devolving, Joe. Yeah, and you said, nah, it's, it's evolving. Just what, what I'm telling you is that every generation is a little bit different. And the previous generations always want to point to those differences and say something is wrong with the upcoming generation. And they say it by going, the kids these days. But I'm telling you, it's just different. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just different. And we're focusing on the difference there. Well, you sort of glossed over the fact that teen pregnancy and substance abuse is down. I didn't gloss over them. You glossed right over it. I brought it up. You just brought it up before you moved on.
He said, uh, listen, uh, teen pregnancies down, they're not drinking as much, but they're spending so much time alone. Not drinking and having sex. That's what they're spending time alone doing, Joe. Is that really what I did? With the sad face, too? You did have a full sad face, Joe. I was really no disappointed in your take on that. Very disappointed. I feel like, once again, everything we're trying to make everything black and white. Right, we're trying to say the kids these days are doing things wrong. This is why they have mental health problems. Why can't they just be like we were, drunk and have six kids with multiple different fathers? Why don't they just do it the good old fashioned way? Because it's different. We don't have as many kids, and we hate our lives. Okay, that's what we're evolving to. Can't that just be okay? Oh, it, evolving, not devolving, right, Chris? I know you look at Gen Zers and you point and you say, the kids these days just don't want to work. But, you know, the kids these days may be way more like the adults these days than anybody wants to admit. That is next in the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. The Chris and Joe Show. Afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. I'm Chris Merrill. He's Joe Izinga. I like Gen Z. He does not. Really? I am closer to Gen Z than you. Contrary and to, I like them more. Contrary to popular belief and numerous cliches, there is a new study, Joe, that finds that attitudes toward work and career are not significantly different across generations. So as much as it might be easy to say the kids these days just don't want to work, mm-hmm. well, none of them do anything, yada, yada, yada. And I used to have arguments with my, my boomer parents about this all the time, too. I said, listen. Kids these days are no different than the kids the old days, and you're no different than the generations before complaining about them. The net worth of Americans between 18 and 39 went up 80% from the start of 2019 to the third quarter of last year. So they're going up. How does that happen? Well, I think some of that has to do with hard work. Some of it probably has to do with investing and uh, 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 catching some other things. But what about um, what about the working? A study by a professor of sociology at Sarland University, speaking of made-up schools, uh, looked out to research after publishers proposed a lucrative, a lucrative book deal asking him to demonstrate that millennials have a different work ethic than older generations. In other words, somebody was paying him to formulate a study that would prove their hypothesis. In other, rather than following the science and determining whether or not the hypothesis had merit, they said, we just want you to find that our hypothesis is correct. But what he did was he analyzed hundreds of thousands of data sets spanning four decades and discovered he wasn't able to find anything to suggest that attitudes toward work and career are actually related to the year in which someone was born. In other words, the kids these days are no different than the kids those days. And the people complaining about the kids these days were once the kids these days whose parents complained about them not wanting to work. Lather, rinse, repeat. So, Millennials will complain about Gen Alpha not wanting to work these days. And then Gen Alpha will complain about Gen, what do we got? Alpha, Beta, what's the, so Gen Alpha will complain about Gen Chode not wanting to work these days. It's, the cycle will repeat itself. It has throughout the millennia. But didn't we also just get done talking about how Gen Z is dealing more with loneliness, depression, and suicidal thoughts? That doesn't mean they're not working harder. Sure. Right? Okay. just means they have different challenges specifically mental health challenges right but i do how think is that there different are, no but i do think there are differences amongst the generations. of course though, there's too. differences right but the, one of those differences is not what everybody wants to say the kids these days don't want to work nobody wants to work these days 
No, I I've never felt that. Have Have you felt that the kids these days don't want to work? Yeah, the kids these days. No, most kids these days I find want to work just as much as most kids from other days. Except my son, he's lazy, of, doesn't want to work. I think a lot of times they want to do it differently though. Too. I do think, especially since the pandemic, I agree with that. A lot more people would like to work from home. Totally agree And would that. like a lot of flexibility in terms of what their job looks like. Absolutely. They're not in love with the traditional nine to five. They'd yeah. rather get up and do maybe a, a noon to eight or a two to 10 or split it up into two different parts. Yeah. My son would rather work from 8 p.m. until 4 a.m. Yeah. And then you got some out there that would just kind of like to not work at all. When you were in your 20s, though, did you want to get up early to go to work and oh, be there no. by seven or eight? Oh, no, no, never. I've never been a morning person. No, no, no. I've done lots of morning shows, and I hated every second of having to get up early. Oh, if they told me I had to do the morning show here, definitely if it was with you, I'd be a no. <laughs> no, no, just getting up in general it is tough for me in the morning. But okay. when, they, when they said, hey, you can work with Chris at 2 in the afternoon, I said, you know what? That gives me enough time to breathe. I, I, can, I can warm up <laughs> to him by then. Up. I'm ready to go. Uh, prepare myself for that. I, I'm, I'm emotionally prepared. All right, so what about the young, the young, the kids these days? You know, we talked about their crippling debt and the concerns that they have over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I would argue to... some of it is self-imposed. Oh, how so? Um, like going to college? Greedy little sons of guns. No. So th- there's an article out there that says young adults are getting used to living on the financial cliff. And I, I would say, mm, is are they putting themselves on that financial cliff? Because uh, their wealth is growing. Young adults' wealth is growing. And yet they're still living and spending in the here and now. You've got net worth. You mentioned this piece for eight, uh, Americans 18 to 39. It's up 80 percent from the start of 2019 to the third quarter of last year. So that's pretty good. Yeah, five years. Their net worth is up 80 percent. Blows way past older generations. Yeah. But then a lot of those gains that we're seeing for millennials and Gen Z, uh, they're pulling in the bigger paychecks. But they're putting that cash towards, hmm, now now tell me if this sounds familiar, Chris. Yeah. That cash is being moved into pricier everyday expenses, like uh, leisure travel. Hmm, who brought that up oh, the did. other day? Yeah, you did, yeah. Now, I'll, I'll tip my cap to you as well and say one of the other things that they bring up is rent, which is something that you've brought up and said, right. hey, it's way more expensive than it was. And believe me, I feel that too. Back when I was... Back in my day, when I was living in an apartment, yeah. it was like $600 a month. And now it's like $1,500, $2,500. It's a lot more than 600 bucks a month. Sure. So I do feel like what I what I said a week ago in terms of younger people out there want to spend on that, that purse or that cool pair of kicks, uh-huh. or they want to go on that trip or go check out that concert, is true, as opposed to them saving for down the road Are they necessarily going to be able to buy that house? No, because their rent is certainly up, which will cost more money. But they could save and price. You just shot me the look. Why did I just get the look? Because you're like, listen, you're going to will you ever be able to? Will you ever be able to buy a home? No, but uh, why would you want to enjoy life? No, 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 no. You're spending money on things like vacations and new shoes when you could be saving for a home that admittedly you will never be able to attain. You don't know if you're going to spend on shoes, purses, vacations, Mm. if you would be able to buy a home. It's like you're constantly throwing your money at lotto tickets when if instead of doing that... good retirement plan. If instead of throwing your money at the lotto tickets and all of these short-term, like, well, you know, it makes me happy now. It's like, well, if you did save and you did sock your money away Mm -hmm. or you did go in on it with somebody else, 
or you did get more of a starter home, it's like, hey, let's be realistic here. You might not be able to go out and buy the half a million dollar house, but you probably could go out and buy the one or two bedroom condo. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the, the long sigh. Just, oh, the fatherly sigh. Here it comes. Listen, Joe, Joe. I don't want to do this to you, I'm very, but I'm going to have to metaphorically smack Joe, you right now. I'm very disappointed in you. I very just. I'm just. You've let me down, Joe. Mm-hmm. No, the reality is, uh, Grandpa, uh, saving on my avocado toast and my Starbucks is not going to get me the house. I probably should not be spending money on Starbucks every day. For sure, hundred percent sure. I agree with that. That's money going to be spent. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, but that saving of an extra ten or fifteen dollars a day, three hundred bucks a month, thirty six hundred dollars a year, does not translate into now. I can finally afford that four hundred thousand dollars starter home, because right now a three two in Phoenix mm-hmm. is about five hundred thousand dollars. But what if it's a fifteen hundred square foot home that used to be a starter home? What now if- you're saying you just need to lower your standards. Have you considered a mobile trailer? They're far more affordable, starting at just one hundred thirty-five thousand. How about a tiny house or a casita, <laughs> or you're going in on it with somebody? How or, about how about some shared walls? I have a very nice Frigidaire box, starting at just forty-five thousand. Hmm, I don't recall the Frigidaire, <laughs> but could be. All right, listen, hot coffee, golden shoes, self-driving accidents, all part of the netting and a very special president's volley. Lob your way next, Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. And Joe. Afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. I'm Chris Merrill. He's Joe Izinga. We'll touch on the other big headlines and then ask life's most important questions. Time to tickle your brain bone. Joe, is it your serve or mine? It is yours. My serve? All right, here we go. In the volley today, Dutch Brothers is dropping more than $30 million to move part of its HQ from Oregon, or as my father would say, Oregon, to Arizona. Uh, is popular coffee worth the price, Joe? Kind of a follow-up to our last segment. Hmm. Popular coffee worth the price. I had a little Starbies here over the weekend, my friend. You're asking the wrong guy. Not not a coffee drinker. Not a coffee guy. But okay. I can tell you this. I have never had a Starbucks drink in my life that I've paid for. Mm-hmm. I have paid for some Dutch Bros on occasion. Is that right? I'll get like uh, one of like a, a, a juice uh-huh. A little blend out yeah. there. I do enjoy Dutch Bros. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I think they put just a hint of sugar in some of their mm-hmm. drinks. And I've seen the lines there, so I think it's more than sugar. I think they've got a little powdered cocaine in there because everybody seems to be very addicted to their stuff. Is it worth the price, though? Man. Once, Pablo once, knows. Once, Producer once. Pablo knows what I'm talking about. You've seen the line of Dutch Bros, right? I can't oh, believe I thought you <laughs> No, I, Pablo knows about cocaine, don't no, you, Pablo? No. Once in a while, I think it's a nice treat. I, yeah. don't, I don't think it's... A daily, daily thing. I'm with you on that. I pay for it. I, I, I like, I like. You'll pay for that coffee, stuff? yeah. 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 Joe, you're, you're, uh, you're surf here, my friend. All righty. Uh, vacation destinations all across the globe, Chris, are reevaluating the role that you and I, the tourists, will play in their communities and the toll that tourism takes on limited natural resources. Mm. In particular, mm. I'm thinking about Hawaii here. Oh, okay. They hosted more than nine and a half million people last year, and they're now considering a tourist fee that leaders in Hawaii say will pay to protect beaches and prevent wildfires. Mm-hmm. 
What's that goofy smile for? Uh, it sounds like tourism tax to me. So the proposed $25 flat fee would be collected when visitors check in at a hotel or short, short-term rental, and it's working its way through their state house out there. Do you support the idea of a vacation tax? <sighs> they already have fees in their hotels, right? They already have tourism tax, don't they? Well, they have fees in their hotels. Yes, you can't stay there for free. Yes, but, they but, do have fees. Okay, but my point is they have taxes above and beyond whatever the local taxes are. So... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is another tax on top of that tax. It's a a tax on tax. Ching. It's a little loud, isn't it? A little hot? A ticketing maneuver. Figure out the levels on that. It's like you're going to a concert in Hawaii. Is this better, Pablo? There, that's better. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, no, I'm not not a fan of that. Uh, I mean, one or the other. And don't tell me that you're going to stop wildfires by charging me $25. Baloney. Pablo, tourist tax. I'm with Chris. No. No, yeah. not bad. I've seen this like in Venice. They've talked about this, and in Venice they have an issue with you know people like pollute the canals and things like that. So I don't, I don't mind the tourism tax going. You bring that up just because things. I'm rocking the Italia you sweater good. today. People are watching you online. They're saying a lot of things about your Italia sweater. Like, like he's it. not Italian. Why is he wearing that? Last week, Waymo said that they issued a recall for the software on their entire fleet of robo taxis after two autonomous SUVs ran into the same tow truck a few minutes apart back in December. Okay. Is it time for us to examine the roads and determine whether or not tow trucks are safe to be with the rest of us? Joe. Uh, We've got two cars hit the same tow truck or... Autonomous cars. Or, as I look at it, one tow truck hit two autonomous cars in the same day. I think we need to look at those autonomous cars and figure out what the heck is going on there. I think tow trucks are perfectly fine to be out on the road. Okay. Pablo? I mean, what kind of tow truck was it? Was it a wrecker? Was it a flatbed? It was was obviously a wrecker. Well, then, (laughs) I say it's safe. Let's keep them out there. You see what he did there, Pablo? Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, Joe, your serve. The line is called... I wasted mine on that one. Go ahead. The line is called (laughs) Trump Sneakers, Chris. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're available for pre-order online now. And uh, President Trump dropped them the other way at a uh, shoe convention. He's got three different pairs of tennis shoes. There's a pair of high tops, a pair of red laceless athletic shoes, and a pair of white laceless athletic shoes. The high tops... Feature gold, and they're emblazoned with a T on the outside of each shoe. They're called the Never Surrender High Top Sneaker. They're priced at $399 online. I want to know, what is the most expensive pair of shoes you've ever bought in? That that pair of New Balance is not the most expensive pair of shoes you've ever purchased. And I do like your socks, too. I like that you cracked out the word boughten. I I like that. Uh, Purchased? Yeah, purchased is correct. I think good. I'm going to stick with what's the most expensive pair of shoes you've ever bought? Bought is wonderful. Um, Boughted. I think. Uh, I, th- I think a Foot Locker once took in me for 120 bucks. That's I think it? that's the most. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm cheap. So what about these? Your, these New Balance, I think, were 80. What about your parents? Taxes. Did they ever buy but, you a nice pair of kicks? No, that was it. Okay. I think the most expensive shoes my folks ever bought me was uh, seventh grade wrestling. Potato, I think, potato sacks. I think my shoes $5? were ninety dollars for my for wrestling okay. in eighth grade. And by the way, never won a match. So ninety dollars for wrestling shoes? Not wow. money well spent. He never won. Wow! In the nineties, when I was in high school, uh, boots. Remember the um, with Timberlands? the fur? 
No. Yeah, the Timberlands. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember saving up that summer just so I could buy them. At the time, late 90s, it was probably about $120. Oh, man, per I hated that because Timberlands were, were decent work boots, and all of a sudden they got popular. Yeah. And they shot up the price. I hated that. All right, we got time for one more, Joe? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let me see. President's Day. How about we hit this one? President's Day. Uh, a ranking of presidents by a group of self-styled experts determined that Abraham Lincoln is America's greatest president. Number two, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Number three, George Washington. Number four, Teddy Roosevelt. Who, by the way, was uh, that was uh, somebody responded to our Facebook post earlier asking about best presidents mm-hmm. and said Teddy. Yeah. And number five was Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. What Justin Jefferson? Yeah, that's the guy, right? Uh, he's a wide receiver, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thomas Jefferson. Though. Yeah, TJ. So four of the top five, the best presidents of all time, are already on Mount Rushmore. Do you do that to test if I'm listening? I do. Okay. Yes. How do I do on that test? Uh, you did all right that time. Okay. Four of the top five were already on Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Are we romanticizing history? Or are America's greatest leaders actually behind us? Oh, man, I was racking my brain there, preparing myself to come up with the president I felt was the greatest. I wasn't going to do that. I was worried you were going to ask me to throw one that wasn't one of the ones you threw. And I was going to be like, got to go with Polk, man. Nobody cares about Polk. Well, come on. Al Bundy went to his school. Yeah. Polk High. James K. Polk. Everybody loves him, right? Polk High. In other words. Are we over romanticized? What was your eloquent question? We look back and we go, oh, those old presidents like Polk are the best. Mm Mm-hmm. But we don't. But nobody's looking back and saying, "Man, Carter was really good," he, or well, nobody's wasn't. like, "Nixon was fantastic." People do with Reagan, and a little bit with Reagan. Yeah, people definitely. I've with heard Reagan. a few people with Clinton, uh, although that's very. A lot of people argue. Also, I I wonder, past presidents, is it easier to agree if they've been dead a long time and we don't have the polarization? Man, you're throwing big questions out there. I'm still thinking about romanticizing old presidents versus the new ones. Yeah. And then I got hung up in my own head on Reagan. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to think about what's the term with immigration where they say he just like legalized a couple million people overnight. Amnesty. Yeah. Yeah. That people hammer him for that. Sure. That's terrible that he did that. Uh, Context, man. You have to look back. That was was, the right thing to do. The the question one more time. Are are the Uh, best presidents behind us? Based or, on what we've seen, yes. Yeah. I also think we've we've been in some dark days over the last, you know, roughly thirty years or so. Yeah. I mean, how are you gonna argue with somebody who got us through slavery and and did all of that? I mean, you said he I mean, went down as the best, right? That's Based what they say. The, that's what they say. Pablo, are we over-romanticizing the president? No, just like with anything else. With time, you know, uh, peop- the, the stories live on. It just grows. It gets more and more and more legendary. So, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I like it. All right. That's good. Uh, I like I like where you landed on that, Pablo. It's clear as mud. Uh, one can't drive 55. The other one would just lap him on the 101. You're going to meet the President's Day cast about Spoken Next, the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. Chris and Joe. Afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. One can't drive 55. The other one is going to lap him on the 101. Uh, the cast of Outspoken on President's Day. Bruce St. James and Barry Markson is in for Gatos today. Bruce, yes. uh, Bruce in here with us uh, right now. Who is the faster driver? Who has the bigger lead foot when not on a track? You or Markson? 
I you, probably have the speeding tickets to prove it. I mean, I yeah. don't know if that helps at all. Well, he is a lawyer. He kind of gets himself off probably those tickets, get out, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did teach me, don't admit to anything. Uh, rule number one. Right. You Do you know why I pulled you over? No nope. idea. None whatsoever. <laughs> Just having a bad day, officer? I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is there a way to do that and still be like courteous and respectful? Sure. Can you do that? Like, do you know why I pulled you over? No, uh, sir. No, sir. Okay. Yeah. No. What do they usually tell you then? Do they tell you why they pulled you over? Yeah. yeah. But you don't admit to anything. So yeah. if they so say, the minute hey, you admit to it, you can't go back and say, oh, I wasn't speeding. Hey, you were going about 20 over there. Then what do you say? Shocking. <laughs> oh. Shocking. Are you sure that your are you sure that your your, your equipment is calibrated properly? Your gun's dialed in there, right? <laughs> you know? Twenty. I'm pretty sure I could have gone forty over yeah. if given the chance. Twenty. Really? I'm, I'm embarrassed over twenty. I'm still I'm still accelerating at twenty over. Worst ticket you ever got. Or the, let me say the highest oh, speed no, you no, ever no, got no, caught. No, 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 you don't want to do that? No. You don't want to say that? Well, I mean I it would have been bad, but I got away. See, so. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I got caught doing one oh one. Uh, right across the state line in Colorado. Mm. Yeah, I was I was north of one ten or so when I, when I went by them. Yeah, yeah. And where was was that in Arizona? I would prefer not to say because I good. honestly don't know. Even though Barry Markson is with us, I yeah. don't know what the statute of limitations is. Uh-huh. But mm. I, uh huh. But I instead of slowing down, I went quicker. So, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, all right. And here I am today. And the helicopter, the helicopter, no was helicopter. Faster than you, though, Way huh? late at night, they didn't get. Me. All right, so I can't wait for Fast and Furious to start here at 4 o'clock. Hey, what do you guys have coming out of the gate? Nothing, uh, really. Nothing? Uh, not a lot going on. It's nothing. President's Day. We're going to talk about our favorite presidents. And, oh, we got Carrie Lake. Uh, at 4 o'clock, Carrie Lake will be joining us. Uh, uh, Arizona U.S. Senate candidate, uh, failed gubernatorial candidate, uh, will be joining us. after. Is she a failed gubernatorial candidate? Maybe that's a she good lost. question. Well, I, she didn't, did she lose? Did, I don't think she thinks she lost. Well, I don't. So we will. I mean, that's one of the questions we need to get to. But Mr. Markson has been relentless uh, with her on the Twitter machine. I've been blocked for ages. So uh, he managed to uh, to make this happen. And she wants to come on. And she said she's not afraid to take tough questions. So expect tough questions. I am going to pop some popcorn for this one. Yeah, just don't burn it in the microwave. I, can't I hate when you do that. Wait to hear this. Yeah. Really. How do you, Bruce? Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. There are times I think you and I think very much alike. That's not a good thing. No, it's yeah. not. How do you then say, I'm going to talk to Carrie Lake and this is going to be a great and, and well, educational conversation? we're going to do the best we can to be professional. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not looking to start a fight or anything. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, but we'll ask questions that I doubt she wants to hear, whether she decides to answer them completely up to her. Uh, but, you know, I... Uh, it's it's you not going to be for a, like a couple ball. segments or a whole hour. What We're going to have her for the first half hour. Yeah, Is we'll have right? her from four to four thirty. Yeah, All right, she's, Joe, what do you she's think, agreed uh, to be on for a half hour. Accusations of malfeasance flown one way or the other by the first break. What do you think? From oh, from her towards Barry and Bruce, one or the other. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say. Uh, I'm sure Barry and Bruce will be respectful. Yeah, not not so sure based on her track record with yeah. interviews how that'll go. She she may leave in the middle of it because she doesn't like it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I'm willing to put a fiver down that this uh, goes <laughs> goes very badly, very quickly. Well, we'll oh, be listening to guys. A be of little faith. Oh, I can't wait for be this. of little faith. This is great. Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm looking forward to it. It's like I just watched your car break down on the tracks and there's a freight train coming. Here they come. I just can't wait to watch Hold the carnage. baby. This is going to be great. It's All right. the big one. Outspoken with Bruce St. James, and today, Barry Markson is next. Looking forward to it. Joe, you and I back tomorrow. We'll talk pronouns and anti-nouns.
I'm looking forward to that program. I can tell you are too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Chris and Joe's show, KTAR News.